Welcome everybody to the 23rd episode of the Struggling Scientist podcast. This is a podcast by scientists, for scientists, anybody science adjacent and perhaps even hobbyist. My name is Zanna and I'm here with my co-host Jeroen. Hi. Today we're going to be talking about an interesting topic. We're going to try and figure out the science behind cold showers. Maybe I've heard that uh, taking a cold shower in the morning might have a beneficial effect. And we're going to see if there's actual science out there that supports this claim or not. So um, we're going to read some papers, I guess. Okay, Jerome, as we always do in these Science Behind episodes, first we're going to, of course, talk about what we already know before we um, dive into the research. So what do you know about cold showers? Uh, it stings. <laughs> but in addition to that, I have some first-hand experience doing it. I've been trying to do some cold showers every now and then from give or take 30 seconds up to 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. Very painful. And also very hard to in the, to have an idea of how cold is actually cold. Just turn off hot water, turn on cold water and pray. <laughs> you it's can like, also this good do enough? something in between. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, in this time of year, that's really cold. Yep. Yeah. And why? Why? Well, from what I understood, again, had not looked into the, the literature at all. As my, my entire knowledge base for doing this was sort of, it's supposed to kind of maybe activate brown fat. And uh, ideally, if everything goes well... Maybe more brown fat activation, some little weight loss, more energy expenditure, some that kind of stuff. And absolutely worst case scenario, if doesn't if it has no biological function, then I get out of the water, then I get out of the shower quicker and waste less water, which is better for overall uh, the environment. So that's also good. So wow, I know, right? Energy expenditure and weight loss. That oh, sounds... that part, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty good. If that's true. If that's true, yes. And what do you know, Suzanne? I know that it wakes you up in the morning, which is quite nice. Oh, yeah, it also does that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I highly doubt that a cold shower is long enough to have any real effect. You don't know how long I shower. Well, you were just saying 30 to 90 seconds. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, it definitely wakes you up, which is a positive effect in itself. But if it has actual like, effect on your brown fat, curious about it though i wonder if i even have brown fat um <laughs> you probably do yeah yeah maybe you are know. a sporter um so what do we actually want to learn uh, with our with our shine dive this time well i guess if well cold showers or cold exposure has any actually actual proven effect at all that mm-hmm. would be a good thing i guess yeah um and Maybe to your point, are showers long enough? Especially 30 seconds to anything like a minute or even more. Mm-hmm. And, well, uh, you sort of indicated this. Uh, I'm a sporter. I, I do sports. Um, and I would assume, I, I have heard of people who, athletes who do do this kind of sort of cold exposure after their workout. Uh, not really sure what the, the logic behind that was, but maybe if it has some beneficial effect for, I don't know, recovery or something like that. So. Also nice. Yes. Well, let's see what we can find in the literature. So um, let's do a deep dive into the research. Cue the deep dive music. 
Okay, we're back. Um, that was exhausting. It was exhausting and also slightly disappointing, I have to say. Shh. Oh. Don't, don't break. <laughs> you just ruined the entire episode. <laughs> Who's going to listen after that? No, we still found some interesting stuff. Don't worry. We still found some interesting stuff. Um, yeah. Let's start with the, the oldest paper we found. Jeroen. Yes. So at a certain point, I came across a paper that's from 1964. This has been going on for a while. Uh-huh. And apparently, so this is very cutting-edge research, I guess, at the time. If you throw uh, ice-cold water on people over their chest, this causes a large increase in systolic and diastolic arterial, arterial pressures, pulse pressure, and also pulse rate in normal subjects. This also happens if you piss off, piss off somebody naturally. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Don't do that. Don't, don't throw a bucket of ice water over somebody else. <laughs> Yeah, well, yes, but this was cutting-edge research uh, in 1964. Very, yeah. very novel, very innovative. We, very now we know. Yeah, I have to say though, there's not a lot of studies that are actually about showers. That yeah. was that was the sort of disappointing part for me. There was a lot about ambient cold exposure, like being in cold temperatures for a long time, <laughs> things like cold immersion, which maybe can be a bit more compared to showers. You even found a paper that uses a water perfusion suit. Perfusion suit. Yep, high tech. High tech, and uh, there is a lot of things about uh, the 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 sauna practices where you either first go in ice water and then a sauna, or the other way around. So um, we do definitely have some interesting stuff to talk about. And I noticed that the field is mostly focused on this beneficial thing for sport. I mean, I guess there's most money in the professional sport world too for this kind of research right that yeah but i mean from some of the papers that we read for example at least that i saw like the the rationale often of, uh, was always well if it does have a beneficial effect in terms of um your metabolism and stuff like that to active to maybe trigger your brown adipose tissue for example then that maybe could be used to counteract obesity uh, so that's another thing that mm, is... Yeah, that brown also fat fun. was also yeah. quite a focused field of research. Yeah. Well, let's go to the biggest conclusion. Yes. Um. So there are definitely short-term effects, right? Your heart beats faster, you get an increase in blood pressure, you have increased breathing, and those changes are actually bigger than when you do an anxiety test, which is kind of funny, I think, that if you scare somebody that, that has less of an effect than taking a cold shower. So it's intense. And Banfi et al. in yeah, Banfi et al. in 2010 showed that there's no really big negative effect of doing cold showers or as they call it, whole body cryotherapy. It does seem to have a local effect on your immune system where it works a bit anti-inflammatory, which is why it might be useful against inflammation diseases like rheuma. Um, but it does not have an effect on your systemic immunological system. However, you do get... Uh, relatively low amount of oxidative stress that's induced by your cold shower. But if you repeat it multiple times, your antioxidant system is also activated. So that's interesting. Yeah, definitely. We are very excited to be able to introduce you to our new sponsor, Jenny AI. Not only does Jenny make our podcast possible, it also makes our life as scientists so much easier. Jenny is an all-in-one writing assistant that has everything that we have been missing in our AI tools. 
Yes, first off, unlike other AI tools, it actually finds accurate information in papers and cites its sources. It does not make things up and only uses real verified information that you can then also check the source of. Second, it's a writing assistant trained for academic papers and helps you write your paper by suggesting the next sentence or the end of your sentence. Or, if you get really stuck, you can ask it to write an entire paragraph, completely removing the writer's block I so often struggle with when I don't know the right words to make my point. It helped me write an introduction to a paper I've been struggling with in half an hour. It even suggests which papers to cite. You can add your own library or search the entire internet for papers. Just type the add symbol to easily add a reference and it gets automatically added to the reference list. And the last thing we absolutely love is that it has an AI chatbot that can see your document and give feedback on how to improve your manuscript. Or you can ask it questions, such as what are the potential therapeutic benefits of dot dot dot, and it will search through the papers for you for the answer. I can only say that my stress level has gone down significantly since I started using Jenny. Check out the free version now at thestrugglingscientist.com slash Jenny. And if you love it, use the code SCIENCE20 for a 20% discount. He, well, in this paper, they don't think this is a really big negative effect uh, because your antioxidant system really takes care of it. They also found some small positive effects on muscular enzymes such as creating kinases and lactate di dehydrogenase. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so that's also why they thought it might be useful for athletes' recovery. Yes. Uh, cardiac markers were mostly unchanged. So they deemed it safe. There that were no major negative effects. So that's the first important thing, right? We know it's safe. Yes. Now, since there's not a lot of actual shower research out there, um, we're going to start with first ambient cold exposure. Yes. So one of the results that came from this is that it leads to increased shivering thermogenesis uh, and also increased peripheral, peripheral vasoconstriction, so tightening of the vessels. Yeah. Um, and the the effect that these two have on well, the rest of your body is that the shivering can increase your metabolic heat production, in some cases anywhere between two to five times above their resting levels. Mm -hmm. And also, for example, the oxygen uptake in men in five degrees Celsius air averages about 600 to 700 milliliters per minute, whereas in cold water exposure, which let's say 18 degrees Celsius, can already elicit actually an even greater uh, fall in this core body temperature. and actually higher oxygen uptake at around one liter per minute compared to cold air. I have to say, though, that in a lot of the other studies where they did either immersion, like the cold water mm -hmm. exposure, and they I've seen testing with, with pills that measure your core temperature and also rectal measurements. Which, oh, goody. Um, yeah. Um, they don't always show this falling core temperature. So, so I don't know how long they actually did it here. Maybe mm. they did it a bit longer to actually see a falling core temperature. Yeah. But with just a cold shower, you're not gonna. You're definitely not gonna get there. You will have colder skin, but your core temperature will not be dropped at all. Yeah. And I mean, of course, there can always just be differences in uh, the subjects, right? Mm, sure. But in this, in, for our core temperature, I don't think so. Fair. Um, now you can also, of course, imagine that since your uh, blood vessels on your skin um, constrict, it distributes the blood to your core, which increases the stroke volume of your heart 
and your heart rate, uh, so your cardiac output increases, which supports a higher metabolic heat production, which is, of course, all with the aim to be less cold if you're in a cold environment. Uh, there's no real results that suggest that cold exposure increases your chance of getting colds or decreases your immune function. So um, there's, of course, this common... Um, Old wives' tale of... Uh... Well, that you get a cold from the cold, which yeah. is not true. It's mostly because uh, when it's cold outside, you're a lot more indoors with a lot of people and the colds just get spread a lot more. And also, uh, I think it has to do with the colds itself that they are better able to travel through the air when it's colder instead of hotter. So That is beyond the area of my expertise. Yes, <laughs> but it has nothing to do with your immune system or whatever being and being cold. They also tested this uh, cold exposure for uh, after exercise to reduce muscle soreness. Costello in 2015 tried this, but they didn't see any real effect with just ambient cold, cold exposure. Now, brown fat, however, is an interesting thing that is mostly studied with ambient cold exposure. Uh, brown fat was discovered in mice. Mice have quite a lot of it. Humans have it a bit, mostly in the shoulder and neck area. So in theory, that shoulder and neck area is, of course, very much hit by your cold shower. So it would be interesting. However, <laughs> most, most brown fat studies put people in a 15 degree room for six hours. Um, and then, for example, in this one study from Front de Lands and all in 2013, they did this for 10 days. So for 10 days, people were put in a cold room um, for six hours a day. And then they had more brown fat. And By the way, they, they had to be in uh, sh just shirt and uh, short, uh, short pants for this. And they were allowed unlimited sandwiches. Wow. Yeah. That had to be described in the materials and methods. <laughs> I also saw that they got soup. Yes. Un un unclear whether it was hot or cold soup. Yes. And tea. Yes. I am sure that a reviewer um, oh, but, yeah. had some discussions about this, yes. about getting calories in the middle of this experiment. <laughs> if we're wondering about it, you can bet a reviewer asked about it. <laughs> yes. Was your soup hot or cold? Yes. I also saw coffee and tea. I mm. mean, doesn't that ruin your whole experimental <laughs> setup? <laughs> well, no. But anyway... So those six hours, that's a long time. It's and a bit more than 30 seconds of cold shower, but, you know, air, water. Yeah, mm. I also saw another study about brown fat where they put people two hours in a melty chili room and that increases brown fat enough to be at least able to detect it. Yeah. I don't think your, your 30 second cold shower is going to cut it in terms of brown fat. It's not looking good. No, it's not looking good. Huh? But I have... Hope. <laughs> <laughs> you can be hopeful. I will just... Not to do cold showers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, the next thing that we focused on or found a lot in our research were sauna studies. And then also specifically because we were looking for cold things, of course. Also the, the type where you first take a sauna and then do an ice dip or the other way around. Now, that is a bit more difficult because... The interesting thing is that saunas are actually proven quite well to have a positive effect on your cardiovascular he health. Now, we haven't focused on this research, of course, because it wasn't what we're looking for. It was beyond the scope of our literature study. <laughs> Indeed. But 
Taking saunas regularly has a positive effect on your cholesterol and lipid levels, including total cholesterol, LDL, HDL, triglycerides. And uh, there is some evidence that Finnish sauna, which is basically uh, just a very hot type of sauna, look it up if you're interested. It's a specific type of sauna. (laughs) can boost your immune system. (laughs) Um, So that's also why difficult because then if you compare this hot cold, cold bathing which they then research what what is actually already caused by just the sauna and what is actually added by the the coldness afterwards and that's that's difficult and they actually found in a study where they tried to compare it that the biggest weight loss was um with normal temperature after the sauna and not with an ice water immersion after the sauna uh, they did find that winter swimmers have lower fasting plasma glucose than controls. But at the same time, I wonder if people that go winter swimming are not generally more healthy people, maybe. <laughs> well, in that in that winter swimming study, they did sort of at least match them in terms of BMI, age, and sex. But it didn't really say if they were also matched for some level of like activity, right? So yeah, if you're a more healthy ex- a person who exercises, you probably have better glucose metabolism i guess as well yeah well overall i just think that the sauna results that are combined with the ice water immersion that we were looking for really show a more positive image for the sauna parts than for the ice water part which is unfortunate because you would like you would like to just be able to turn on your water and just you know be healthy but apparently you need to shill out some money for a sauna well they did see that that hot water baths also have a beneficial effect on the cardiovascular health. So it might actually be better to take a hot shower than a cold shower. It's a good thing I switched recently. Then Then sports, right? Yes. Now they do a lot of this cold water immersion thing in sports because it's a really low cost procedure. Uh, It can be really easily um, done. And it's widely perceived to be performance enhancing. But honestly, the results are so contradictory. Yeah, I mean, it's also, yeah, I mean, you have different athletes at different uh, athletic athletic levels as well, and coaches just try something, right? Yeah, but even even with like the the really Olympic weightlifters, for example, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, one that's study that we're doing that I'm seeing here, even there they saw that with some people it has a beneficial effect, with others not. And the overall conclusion is that you should just see for yourself if it works or not. You should pre-measure your bad activities, see if it's already <laughs> there. And no, then... no, no, no. It's just about muscle soreness and flexibility and things. Never mind. I did think this one with the, the one leg in the water and oh, the one leg out of the water awesome was funny. Paper, yes. Tell me about it, Jaron. Yeah, so they basically so the, the the optimal control for any exposure treatment or therapy or whatever is yourself basically. So what they did is base they had these people exercise, and then one leg they put in cold water, while the other leg served as the control and just stayed at ambient <laughs> room temperature. And then they looked over, yeah, different. I think it was a, a several days whether. Uh, they could measure differences in uh, the microcirculation of the the leg. And it turned out that they had slightly increased reperfusion in the leg that went to the cold water compared to the control leg. Yeah, Yeah, uh, this is an interesting paper from Ethan et al. from 2020. 
or if you're interested in that, definitely read it. This is the most some of the most cutting edge stuff here. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, but overall, there is some indication that people that do a lot of weightlifting, for example, and really use their muscles might have a bit more beneficial effect. But it's like one study shows one thing, the other one shows another thing. It also, all these studies do it differently with different temperatures or different ways or different times after the exercise. It's, it's, it's not looking good in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. for sure. Definitely no. more interested in the saunas after our deep dive so far. Yeah. So the, the sports recovery thing. Yeah, no. They also... Well, um, unless you're one of those lucky few who it does have an effect on, I guess. Yes, indeed. So then let's go to the actual shower research, finally. Mm. So a little bit more sports first. Uh, you live it all in 2014, looked at cold showers of female netball players. So they gave one group contra contrasting showers, switching between 38 degrees and 18 degrees. Um, every minute or so, I think they had to switch. Uh, and the other group just got to relax for 20 minutes, which is not the best control. I would have preferred they got to take a warm shower or something. But they just sat on a bench. And then they measured skin temperature and core temperature. Again, there is a lower skin temperature after this cold shower, but no difference in core temperature because it's just not long enough to really affect your core. The players with a contrasting shower, so the hot, cold, hot, cold, did report feeling better recovered, but none of their measurements or the exercises or the stretching that they did or the heart rate or the agility showed any difference. So there was just, they felt better, but there was no difference if you actually measured it. And also they added a complete immersion group where they just were dunked into water, I guess. <laughs> um, and they saw no differences either. So the mm, overall recovering. <laughs> so the overall conclusion of this study was that there was uh, mostly a psychological effect, but no actually measurable physical effect. I mean, if they're like elite athletes, I think a coach will take that though. True, very true. I mean, if you feel more energized, that that's totally fine. And also already in 2008, there were some studies done about using cold shower as a potential treatment as for depression even, mm. because they hypothesized that it might release endorphins as any, I guess, fear response does also. If you go in the, in the roller coaster, mm -hmm. you also feel great afterwards, even though you had this fear reaction um, during it. So, But you also get endorphin release with like exercise, like true. running also releases. But I mean, a cold shower is really easy to do every morning. That is true. Well, easy. Once you're under it in, in for those few seconds, <laughs> it's not easy. You don't have to go to the two degrees. <laughs> 15 is enough. I can't tell what is what. I know, I know. Um, now, really interesting, there was also a Dutch study from Pause et al. I wish I could actually pronounce the Dutch name, but no. <laughs> um, well, you've pronounced Van der Lons. So <laughs> true, true. In 2018, they tested uh, the use of contrast showers on a normal Dutch population. They have uh, 3,018 participants between the ages of 18 and 65. Uh, and they were put in four different groups. Either a control group that took normal showers uh, or a 30, 60 or 90 second um, cold shower in their normal shower um, pattern, I guess. And they had to do this for 30 days. 
and they had to use the coldest available water that they could have. So just turn it all the way off to heat hot water. And in the Netherlands at that time, the ground temperature was 10 degrees. So they used 10 degrees cold showers on average. Um, then for another 60 days, they could choose to either keep that up, the cold showering, or do whatever. Only the control group was only to have, allowed to have warm showers, of course. And then during that 90 days total of 30 days actual cold showers and 60 days, whatever you want, um, they measured things. Now, 80% of the groups completed the protocol successfully, so they could, were able to keep up the cold showers. And the biggest result was that the cold showering group had a 29% reduction in calling in sick for work compared to the control group. And that was to overall the 30, seconds, 30 60, and 90 seconds shower, uh, cold shower group. And 29%, that's quite a lot. Yeah. Especially if you just have to take a 30 second cold shower. Um, now, there were some negative effects reported, which I think is really interesting because even in something as innocent as taking cold showers, it's really interesting to see what people actually report as negative effects. <laughs> and then you have it um, being cold. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, okay. But these people actually reported feeling cold for quite a long time. Muscle aches and cramps. And then in single person, so only one or two times, People also reported a headache, nose bleeding, diarrhea, heart palpitations, and swelling of the hand. That's uh, intense. <laughs> it's so, yeah. I think it's just funny to see that even in something as innocent as this, people people still report quite negative side effects. Just imagine then. if like one person died during this. It's just like that would have. It actually happened. Oh, damn it. <laughs> no, I'm not 100% okay. sure. <laughs> anyway, 91% of the participants reported wanting to continuing the cold showering. Only 64% actually did. Uh, people mainly reported feeling an increase in energy levels. Huzzah. Yes. So it's mostly, it's mostly just feeling better, but yep. there's no real metabolic benefit as far as we've been able to find and apparently there's a risk of headache nose bleeding and diarrhea so you know mm. <laughs> yeah i don't know what this person the reporting diarrhea as a side effect was thinking maybe you should have looked a bit more carefully do you feel he... anything weird in the last time well i'm glad you asked because <laughs> maybe you should just look at what you ate you know yeah so um cold showers what do we think of it um would we do it Depends on what you're doing it for. If you're trying to do it for some form of weight loss or something like that, no. At least there's not really anything to indicate that. Uh, if you want to feel a little bit more energized in the morning, sure. Yeah. But, yeah, I uh, think that's mostly because of the stress response that you just feel a bit more yeah. awake, you know, after that. Yep. But uh, interesting that saunas are so good for you, though. Yeah. Might be... Uh, a topic for our next episode. But for the price of a sauna, again, I have no idea what this price actually is, but it's more pricey than... True. Yeah. True. It, sh it better be worth it. Yes. Hot showers it is. Yep. <laughs> well, that's a good way to end this episode, I think, on the science behind cold showers. Go to your local sauna, everyone. <laughs> or take a hot shower. Yep. If you have any comments, questions, papers we missed, science that we should read... Uh, please reach out to us on thestrugglingscientist at hotmail.com or via our website, thestrugglingscientist.com. And you can also find out 
on almost every social media platform. Which ones are they again, Jaron? Yes, so on Twitter at the struggling S4, uh, on Instagram, struggling scientists, on Facebook, also the struggling scientists, and also on LinkedIn as the struggling scientists. And yeah, also check. Obviously, of course, if you're listening to this, uh, leave us a rating on either Spotify or Apple uh, Podcasts. That greatly helps us. So yeah, that would help us a lot. Yes. Thank you again for listening, and um, see you all next time. Bye. Bye.